You ready to you ready to bump this pod? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, yeah, uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. Welcome to The Crunch, the only podcast that acknowledges the horrors of the meat industry, but will do nothing to change their diets. I'm Ethan. And I'm Patrick. You want to you wanna talk about Pope Francis? Yeah, sure. All right, then. <laughs> Absolutely not. I don't <laughs> want to do that at all. I'd much rather talk about American Idol, a former American Idol judge, Simon Cowell. Okay, what did he say? Did he release a document? No, no, no. He hasn't released no documents. Uh, I've just been... I've just been watching some old audition clips and hot tamales. That show used to be brutal. I, it's, it's so cringy now. Why? What's the difference? I haven't. I mean, I gotta admit that I have not been up to date on American Idol. Yeah. Well, I've, I mean, but it I, seems like, like back in the day, it. people would people would come up and sing, and someone would be like, "That was the most disgusting garbage I've ever heard in my life." And then people would cry, and then they would leave, and Randy Jackson would be like, "That's it, dog." And like that, and then they would cut to commercial. But now, yeah. it's like me and my dog decided thirty years ago that we were going to become musicians together, and here we are. And here's my dog, and well, I've, the dog has died since we first. So I got a new dog, and here we are to to do our routine. And every every judge is like, "You're so brave. You're so You're brave. You're so brave. For You're being so here. brave. You're, we can't give you a golden ticket, but what I think you should do is to, here's a thousand dollars to go buy another dog <laughs> when this dog inevitably dies. It's like what? <laughs> you're you're exactly right. That's exactly what it is. I mean, like I, uh, Katy Perry is just a softy. Luke Bryan or whatever the guy with two names over there is like is just it not, doesn't want to hurt nobody's feelings. He's a down on country guy. And Lionel Richie gets up and like you know shakes everybody's hand, and it's like. Lionel Richie's always getting up, dancing on the ceiling, He's shaking like, people's hey, hands. Hey, I'm it's Lionel crazy. Richie. Uh, nobody watching the show knows who I am. Um, he sang and, the song "Dancing on the Ceiling." Well, yeah, I know that, but I'm saying, oh, okay, like, cool, I'm saying, cool, like, cool. The, the, the obviously with Katy Perry, the target demographic they're going for is not Lionel Richie fans. Well, it might be. You think so? Who else is watching reality television? That's a good point. But yeah, the the old the old classic trio the. The Simon, Randy, and Paula triumvirate yes. of American Idol. Yes. Those, those, they were such a good combo because, like, they yeah. would they would talk about like the industry. You know, it's mm-hmm. like they're like mm-hmm. they're like, yeah, you know, like you're you're you just suck. Like you're not like it's not that you're a bad singer. It's just that you're it's not, just that you suck. <laughs> it's just that you suck. And like they they'd be like they'd be like you have a bad attitude. Like you wouldn't be a very good celebrity. It's like you're mm-hmm. you're just kind of not. You know you're you're way too trying to look the part and you're not being yeah. authentic and that sucks. And so they would they would be very clear with people. But what I what I realized what I learned is that they have two rounds of auditions. A friend of mine auditioned for American Idol back yeah. in high school. And they have two rounds of auditions before the judge round. Right. And that means that these horrible singers get through on purpose. Yes. And I just absolutely. hate that. Mm-hmm. It just seems so mean. Some of them deserve it. I'm not going to lie. Like, some mm-hmm. of them go in there like, I don't care what you say. I'm going to be the next superstar. Um, And they kind of need to get knocked down a peg by three people whose opinions they respect. But some of them are just like... Uh, I've never tried singing before and I want to try it out. I, I like singing at church, so I'm going to try. And then and then Simon's like, yeah, you suck. That's the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. And 
And Paul is like, oh, I think it was okay. Still no, though. And Randy's like, it's a no from me, dog. I think, uh, I think you're right. I think what we're seeing, what we've seen in American Idol is first American Idol replaced the church, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> stick with me. Hold on. Let's, okay. let's talk All about right, it. Yeah. Because what the church, the role that the church has always played is telling ordinary everyday people that they suck and that they messed up. Yeah. And that they need to repent uh-huh. and that they got to get better, you know? Obviously, a lot of mercy there, right? So that's why you've got Paula, <laughs> you know. But 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 Simon is 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 there, and Randy is there for those those exact reasons. Simon is like, like God in the Old Testament. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and what what we need is people need to be everyday average people need to be told on a regular basis, like, hey, you, you know, you're you're very you're not average. going to Hollywood. You're not going to Hollywood. You're very average. Like people need to know that they're average. for uh, by and large and then so that was good and that was healthy for america for a time exactly and then now we got rid of american idol and now everybody thinks including us thinks they can start a podcast well it's it's this the adoption of universalism which yeah everybody is okay everybody can be everybody can be a singer everybody can be american idol as long as you're brave and as long as you speak out as long as you shout your truth then you can be (laughs) a famous celebrity yeah and so it's it's really what we're seeing is the collapse of the church via American Idol. Ah, I see. Um, which is pretty cool. <laughs> it is funny, though, because, like, the friend of mine that auditioned for American Idol in high school, she was a fantastic singer. And she, like, mm-hmm. could have, she definitely could have been a pop star if she wanted to. She, like, tours with a music group now. But she didn't make it past the audition round because they needed to get all their cannon fodder. Right, same. No, I had a couple friends that I had one friend that auditioned and didn't make it past the initial round. I had another friend who ended up going to Hollywood, and but she didn't like. She was I don't understand. So my one friend Josh, I think he was just like he was just a good singer and then and a good guitarist, and then he just didn't make it. Yeah, like, I had two friends who both made it. To he the wasn't. Final I think round. He, David and David were just. I'm you just kidding. can't. You have to be interesting enough or like. Yeah. bad enough to and he was just he was just a good average guy like he was average you know he just didn't yeah. make it then i have a friend marianne gorgeous young girl great singing voice you know all these things it's like exactly what they're kind of looking for but then even she didn't make it and so it's like man what uh it really is kind of just based on ratings yeah it's like yeah i think this guy is delusional enough for us to kind of like this podcast yeah exactly like this podcast welcome to the podcast everybody well, about the ratings here so I, I actually I actually have I, I wanted to I wanted to wait to show you this because Oh no. I unfortunately I, I turned I turned off my phone. So I we need to announce this on the podcast today because sign ups start did you, already. Did you get a giant sword? <laughs> yeah, I got a giant sword. It sounds like a euphemism, but I actually if, have one. If you're a patron of patreon.com slash your country, you would get that joke. You get that and joke, if but if not, you aren't then, then you, you aren't don't. you won't you won't you won't get it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so uh, patreon.com slash the crunch will get access to our bonus feed where we post uh, every <laughs> six months. Um, every week. Every so week. every week. So uh, I want to I send you this. I was going to send it to you before, but I am launching a oh. a course. Okay. okay. I, I don't want, I don't know what else to call it, but it's a free, it's a free like course challenge. It's more of a challenge. It, not okay. in like the, not in like the cinnamon variety, you know, like the TikTok challenge, like the uh, mm-hmm. ice bucket mm-hmm. challenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you know you know Tony from Catholic Beard Bomb 
I do. Yeah. So, so Catholic Beer Bomb does something every November called the Nazarite Challenge. Did I talk about mm-hmm. this last week? Yes, you did. Sweet. So that's that's coming that's coming along. Uh, the Nazarite Challenge. By the time this podcast airs, the signups will be available at nazaritechallenge.com. N a z a r i t e challenge.com. You can sign up for free, and twice a week we'll be doing. Uh, it's for men. Heads up. Ooh. So, uh, so ladies, te- text your uh, text your brothers, text your boyfriends. Be like, hopefully one each. Uh, text them and be like, yo, you should do this challenge. But every uh, every Monday and Thursday night at 5 p.m. Eastern, I will be on Facebook Live and I will be talking about different aspects of the virtue of brotherhood. And Ooh. there's a bunch of there's a bunch of cool things. It's like a it's a daily challenge. It starts in at the end of October and goes until the just beginning of November. And I'm gonna send you the mock-ups we got today of the worksheets that we're gonna be oh, giving. Oh, yeah, you're doing worksheets. There's a there's a principle. There's a there's gonna be we we want to do like a uh, eventually we want to have an actual book like a workbook, uh-huh. a workbook, that, a journal of sorts. Okay, okay. A, a field guide to make it more masculine, mm, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, we got the we got the mock-ups for the what it's gonna look like today, and I'm texting them to you right now. They, mm. in my opinion, I was very happy with how they came out. All right, let me look at these. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be honest with you. I'm gonna tell you what I think. Cool. Yeah, no, that's why I wanted. That's why I want to get you on here. I'm, I'm getting Ethan. Okay. You know, Ethan's a pretty harsh critic. So, am I? I don't know. I don't actually know. <laughs> people have actually said that for me. Um, did you, did you design this? I did not. Okay, good. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it looks, <laughs> it looks great. Yeah. Um, I don't have time to read all the content here. On oh, don't podcast. read all the content. But like the the layout is super cool. I'm I'm really happy with the way that, you know, the I'm really happy with the font. You know how how much I love fonts. Oh, I do. Yeah. But yeah. Every so day. you're gonna you're gonna if you sign up for this challenge, you'll get free PDF downloads that you can you should print them because they're like, supposed to write on them. But yeah, eventually eventually we want to turn this into something that happens once or twice a year. And you sign up for it, and you get put in a, like a little small group, and you all do it virtually together. And yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Is this be- is this because of coronavirus? No, this is not because of coronavirus. Oh, this okay. is uh, this is instead of me publishing a book, this is me mm. disseminating the information another way. Ah, yeah. So the book that I was writing, uh, I, me and Tony talked about it, and he was like, "What if you just did it a different way? Like you made a booklet." And so we're gonna cut down. We're going to take the concepts from the book. We're going to chop up a bunch of like stuff that's really not, that's more like fluff, like stories and stuff like that. And we're going to distill it into something that's just a short little booklet, maybe like 75 to 100 pages. Mm-hmm. Sell those. You have a course that goes with it. And you, it's just more practical than just reading a book is. Wow. Look at you go. Yeah. Everybody sign up for the Nazarite Challenge. That's Nazarite Challenge. N A Z A R I T E Challenge.com. Nazareth challenge great yeah cool i'm excited i'm excited for you i think it'll be really fun for everybody that signs up i agree and on that note how are you doing this week <laughs> i'm good i'm good i just came out with the with the eleazar challenge so i want everybody <laughs> to text me send me an email if you have uh had two <laughs> girlfriends at once and you would like to talk about it live <laughs> on the show anonymously of course send me an email Ethan send me an email dot com <laughs> <laughs> signups are due signups are open perpetually um for, for the, the leazar challenge, challenge. <laughs> e-l-e-a-z-a-r 
challenge dot dot crunch dot crunch uh, no i don't have anything going on it's been a pretty busy week i essentially there's there's oh, october's almost over which is nuts but we've got this week next week's the last week of october and then we have two weeks of november and then for the most part everybody goes home oh yeah so it's kind of like crunch time in a lot of ways of trying to i know i know <laughs> i heard it <laughs> i know of trying to meet with everybody that we need to meet with and yeah it's it's just it's crazy because it's like well do i do i start walking with this guy do i start trying to like really build up friendship with this guy because i know that in like three weeks he's going to be gone you know so like just trying to fight against the the impending everybody leaves and everything goes digital and everything sucks for two months and then everybody comes back um Everybody tries to paint. It's like, this is a great opportunity to reach more students than ever before digitally. It's like, it can be, I suppose, if you're an insane person and you like looking at your screen all day long, you know? Um, Yeah. So I'm just kind of, I'm not looking forward to that. Even digitally. I mean, I think people think, people underestimate or overestimate, I guess, how much digital outreach can actually be done. Yeah. It takes more time to get someone digitally. I think it would be, it would make more of an impact if i if everybody sent me their address and i just wrote like one letter a day and then sent a letter to these guys and said here's what i've been praying with for you i think you should pray with these things as well and give them some scripture give them some reflections and just like write about what's going on in my life and sent that to them instead of trying to like have hey do you want to catch up on facetime for 45 minutes to an hour once a week it's like no i really don't want to have a standing meeting yeah, please you know. shoot me in the foot with with a weapon. Um, any any weapon. <laughs> any will weapon. Do. Please shoot me with a dart gun. Yeah. So that's that's been good. It's JP 2s feast day, which is great. Love I love JP two. Happy JP two. Uh, big big. Speaking day for of him. the Pope, we're not going to. So we're not talking about the Pope. Uh, but yeah, I've got this upcoming this weekend. This is just kind of a brain dump for me now. There's a, a digital focus recruitment weekend. Normally Great. we do big recruitment weekends and a bunch of missionaries come into town and uh, we're all hanging out all weekend long, meeting new people, interviewing people, all these things, but we're doing it digitally because we can't gather in large groups. Ah, and so why is that? I'm just kidding. The, the, uh, yeah, the new book that's coming out, um, pandemic, coronavirus. Uh, so doing that Friday night, Saturday, I'm just, I'm just exhausted. I'm in the, I'm in, I'm in it thick. I, I'm not getting out until Thanksgiving. So <laughs> like I'm, I got a month left of just going hard and then I get to rest for a couple days. So that's where we're at. Ethan's sleepy. Ethan's tired. Ethan, Ethan needs, Ethan, Ethan needs, Ethan sleepy. Ethan needs a retreat weekend. Or yeah. Something. Nice. So that's where I'm at. Thank you for asking. I, I will, appreciate it. I will say back to the Pope thing. I will say this and only this about the Pope. He's the Pope. So let's get into the hot. No, I actually had a real point. I didn't know what happened until Phoebe texted me. And even then, I don't even know what happened. So I want everyone who's worried about what the Pope said to imagine a world where you didn't know what the Pope was doing. The only reason I knew is because one of my students texted me. Imagine And I was just like, man. Thank goodness I don't have Twitter. Exactly. That was my first thought. I was like, thank yeah. goodness I don't. Because the first thing you think of when you when you see a news story like that is, 
I have an opinion. I should tweet it, and it's never a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> you're either because you because regardless of what regardless of how I'm just gonna try and play both sides here real quick. No matter how middle of the road you are, you're gonna get mm-hmm. you're gonna get you know ham fisted into one side or the other. <laughs> or what also, is I'm it? tired. I'm tired of people being middle of the road about things. I think we should just firmly select one side of the road to drive on and then go until we hit a wall. You know? Yeah, like, me too. Middle of the road is so dangerous. I, I think that we should respect the Pope, but also understand that he sometimes makes off-the-cuff remarks that can be taken out of context, but also they might not be taken out of context. And you're just like, eventually you're just talking over yourself so much. It's like, just say what you think. If you think he's wrong, say that he's wrong. If you think he's right, say that he's right. And like, let's not play this dance. He's just a guy, yeah. you know? <laughs> he's just a guy who's also the Pope. Yeah. And everybody, everybody who's ever been a guy... And also some girls, but to a much lesser degree, has had a bad opinion. <laughs> you know, great. So that, that's that's all I want to say about yeah. it. Let's can't wait till we talk about politics later in this episode. How'd you know? Let's get and into the hot take time machine. <laughs> every time Patrick says I've got a topic, I know that it's coming. It's not politics; it's political theory. It's different. oh, even even worse. <laughs> Welcome to the Hot Take Time Machine, the part of the show where we take a deep dive into the prime of our social media. Yeah, this is great podcasting. Keep doing it. Good joke. Tell it again. Ethan, do you have a hot take for us? Yeah, I got one. I found it. Send us your hot takes, nerds. All right. Give us your hot takes. I had it pulled up before the podcast even started, which is really cool. This one's from October 28th, 2016. It is spooky season. I don't ever think about Halloween since I'm not really on social media that much. It's like one of those things where everybody would change their usernames or whatever for how like October. And it's like, it's, not, it's if you're not on social media, you don't even think about it. Yeah. Which is, and then everybody which does is something kind of like weird for Thanksgiving. And then everybody does something for, for Christmas. Christmas. And they don't and do anything again until October the next year. Yeah. It's very great. I love how we it's, do the same thing. Yeah. I, it's just time is a flat circle. So, uh, October 28th, 2016, crazy Christians, colon, quotation marks, Halloween is pagan and demonic, exclamation point, exclamation point, exclamation point, close, quotation marks, me, colon, quote, so is being a party pooper, end quote. (laughs) 22 retweets, 110 likes. I, one of my, one of my favorite tweets from my canon of, of tweets is uh, one of the actual good ones that I put up there was uh, uh, um, that whenever whenever someone talks about like oh uh, Christians stole X holiday from the pagans Easter Christmas or whatever me and me in twenty me in twenty twelve wait really they did me in twenty sixteen that's not true idiots me in twenty twenty damn right we did and we're coming for Arbor Day next. <laughs> <laughs> It's true. It's so funny. Like I had, I feel like my, my definitions of things that are pagan and demonic has been expanded and refined yeah, in the last exactly. four years. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Of just like, no, we did not help. First of all, it's not fair to make fun of the crazy Christians who say that Halloween is pagan and demonic because they're more right than they are wrong. Yes. And, <laughs> and second of all, it's so funny. Like being, if I told myself that, four years ago i'd been like oh my gosh you're one of them you know it's like no 
uh, got to acknowledge that the uh, the demonic is very active all the time. The other day, I was in my room, and my roommate Sam has a space heater because he sleeps on the floor, and it's cold down there at night. Okay, and yeah. uh, he has it on its – so it's like – it's on a temperature setting, so if it gets below a certain temperature, it clicks on. Mm-hmm. And I was reading – uh, kind of a theological book that was talking about angels and demons, like at the time, at night. Yeah, and I heard, I heard that his space heater like click. He wasn't home, and I heard it click on, and I was like, I started looking around. I stopped breathing, got really quiet because you know that the demons can't hear you if you're quiet. <laughs> and so I snuck over, and I was like, "Who turned this on?" So I turned it off, and the rest of the day I was really. Just scared because what if it clicked back on? You know, what if they were trying to harass me for yeah. reading about them? And then, and then nothing happened. And then Sam told me that he kept it on the temperature setting all the time. And I said, "Oh, oh." But <laughs> just saying that these back in the day in 2016, I would have been like crazy Christian to myself, <laughs> to myself. So I got, I got, I got, I got one about now. I got one about morality for you from from good old 2015. This one has this one has about sixteen dots at the end of it, so you know I was serious, or at least yes. like pondering. So, November eleventh, twenty fifteen. Guys, morality can't have been an evolutionary adaptation because matter can't produce that which isn't matter. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Because I barely do. I I think you're you were making a serious point, but you were trying to frame it as a joke. You were trying to have the best of both worlds. You yeah. wanted people to see how you were, how right you were, but also you wanted people to know that you were just joking. Yeah. <laughs> I think what I'm trying to say is someone around me in 2015 or on mm-hmm. Twitter was talking about how we just evolved morality, you know, like evolution created morality. Right. And I was saying you can't do that because morality isn't material, so there's no way for matter to, you know, produce material. Anyway, there's so much uh, now like that's such a stupid juvenile observation that at this point it doesn't even make sense to bring up but it makes a lot of sense to me my whole life has changed because of that tweet thank you i'm sure everybody every atheist who read that was like mind blown mind blown gotta convert sorry (laughs) how come there's something rather than nothing i don't know i don't know i guess i'll go to church now I mean, that's you, you say it like a joke, but that's not actually a bad reason. No, it's a great reason. It's a great reason. <laughs> Why is there something rather than nothing? There could be nothing, but there isn't. Why is that? Think about it. Okay, so I got an email. So let's let's hop into the let's hop out of the hot take time machine, towel off, and go back inside. Uh, <laughs> um. I got an email, an electronic mail from a big fan of the cast whom's name got cut off when I copied and pasted it, so I don't know who it was. All right. Thank you, Richard Carnes. Is that a famous person? Uh, I don't know. All right, then. Sounds like it. There's a kid named Greg Carnes. I probably shouldn't dox him at my school. (laughs) He, he, uh, He won Homecoming King um, because he, uh, he, he... My friend Eli was also in the running for Homecoming King, and he was doing... Richard Karn is the guy that played Al Borland on Home Improvement. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Just had to share Um, My friend Eli was doing like a... Was singing a song to like campaign. He was like... He was really into Queen, so he was doing uh, Somebody to Love, and he's very... He's very theatrical, and so he was doing it, and everyone was loving it. But then Greg 
who was also in the running for Homecoming King, got jealous that Eli was getting a bunch of attention, so started, like, breakdancing. And everyone was like, oh, Greg, yay! And then he won Homecoming King. Yeah. It was That's it was great. one of those so it was one of those things so like what Greg, a what a microcosm of real politics. Yeah, right. So Greg Greg was mentally challenged. And Oh, okay. He was a great kid and everyone was voting kind of because of that and I was like, "Guys, that's super condescending." Yeah. That's like really mean. Like don't don't like do that and like pat yourself on the back, you know? Yeah. Like Yeah. He's a he's 18. He's he's like a teenager. You know, he's like almost grown up. You know, you don't have to you don't have to like pat him on the head like that. He's a person, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know it, it's it makes you feel like a savior, you know. It makes you feel like you're doing a real good thing. So anyway, that was that was that's not relevant at all. Um <laughs> I know. I know. It's pretty good though. Yeah, it was. So uh hi Patrick. This was just to me. Hi, Patrick. I don't like it when people just send emails to you. Send me emails, Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. I've really enjoyed the past few episodes where you and Ethan talk about uh, where Catholics have a space in American history and politics. Oh, you do, huh? People enjoy these topics? Interesting. Patrick at thecrunchcast.com. I'd love it if y'all shared your thoughts on how we as Catholics can make room for ourselves in political spheres. But also, is that even something we're able to do given the nature of our faith and this government? How do we contend with Amy Coney Barrett and Joe Biden? Both placing identity, both creating identities of Catholicism. Intrinsically linked with this is all of the anti-Catholic bias I noticed among Protestants and atheists, and how it is seen in our culture as so so normal and acceptable. I am fed up with it. This article summarizes what you guys have talked about. Uh, it's it's an article from E. Brunig on the New York Times website hmm. about Joe did Biden. She finally, did she finally listened to our podcast. Yeah, Elizabeth Brunig finally listened to our podcast. Uh, the the darling of the Catholic left finally listened to our podcast um, of weird Catholic Twitter. But uh, yeah, she, it was a really, it was a really solid article. It was back in September. She posted this about Biden as the, the potential second Catholic president and uh-huh. the stark difference between mm-hmm. Biden and Kennedy. Can, do you have any more points? I want to hear more about what that article said before we talk about what the guy asked. Did you oh, it was, it? it was. Oh, yeah, I did. I did read the article. Yeah. Can, so, you, give me the, can you give me the rundown? Because I didn't read it. I didn't know about it. So she talks emails. She talks about uh, the oddity of Catholic thought in the American context is a, ra- a, a racialized form of ethnic bigotry. That's one of the quotes. Uh, that's kind of hard to let's let's move on. And so um, anyway, I, it's hard, hard to pick apart. She talks about how Catholics in the 1950s were quote easier to distinguish from their wealthier white protestant counterparts yes because they were weird foreign dirty and ritualistic and so yes. kennedy quote unquote cut that all down according to a doctor according to a historian that she she quotes mm-hmm. and what's interesting is she immediately links that breakdown to the embrace of liberalism okay and, and Agree. qualifying this liberalism in the general classical sense of the word yes. liberalism, yes. not just because all the Catholics became Democrats. Okay. Yes. So yes, it's it's Catholics becoming liberal. Ironically, the liberalization of Catholics made them more conservative <laughs> than they were at first. FDR mm-hmm. rallied the Catholics around Catholic social teaching. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then so Catholics from the 1940s until the 1950s or like the mid mid 30s until the 1950s were largely Democrat. And then all of a sudden, post Kennedy, 
mm-hmm. they were allowed to enter the middle class world where then they became basically indistinguishable from from uh, white middle class Protestants. Yes. And this is something that I was thinking about back when I read uh, Stamp from the Beginning by Ibram Kendi. He mm-hmm. sees, he's a somewhat of a cultural Marxist. I don't mean that in like the communist sense. He sees a lot of social issues through the lens of culture. And mm. one of the ideologies he sees as most prevalent in our country is that of assimilation and how the melting pot narrative is seen as this very like nice thing. It's a, it's what we pride ourselves in, but it yeah. makes people who are different blend in. And that's not something that ethnic minorities can do as easily because it's like you mm-hmm. immediately see them as someone who's different, but white Catholics can. And yes. so white Catholics, Italians, Jews, like all of these cultural, all these cultural heritages, heritages mm-hmm. anyway, blended in and assimilated into white American, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant culture and therefore lost the things that made them different. And so this is, and what, what does this mean? What does this mean politically? This means that political Catholics, so she, she mentioned something that happened in 2012. The United States Council, the United States Conference of Catholic Bishops published several letters it had written to heads of congressional committees. It called upon Congress to heed the tenets of our faith in shaping the federal budget for 2013, specifically to refrain from slashing funds to food stamps and other welfare programs. Representative Paul Ryan, a vocal Catholic, misrepresented those letters and then ignored them. Oh. In 2008, Bishop John Richard wrote an open letter to then-Senator Biden to question in the gentlest terms whether he ought to receive communion, given his open opposition to abortion restrictions. Bishop Ricard was then joined by a number of other bishops in short order, and Mr. Biden was refused communion as recently as last October for this very reason. As in the case of Mr. Ryan, none of it has changed a thing. And so this is a, this is a result of what those hopeful Catholics of 1960 who, you know, banked on Kennedy, have they, they didn't get what they wanted. They lost, essentially. Right. And now the Catholic right, she says, um, the Catholic right hasn't, lost anything the catholic the catholic right is still very strong there are several wealthy right-wing catholics that are vocally in support of donald trump including the guy who founded home depot and domino's pizza Mm -hmm. and then the five justices of the conservative majority were all raised catholic so it's this it's interesting that there was a catholic swing from Mm -hmm. the democratic left to the republican right over the past several decades and that's like it's all, and it's funny because both of those, but there's also like there's also this remnant of Catholics that are still on the left that, you know, they see, both sides see the other as absurd. How could you possibly be Catholic and Republican? Like that one video that that weird Michael Voris looking priest posted the other week. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> I think his name is Father Altman. Yeah, I'm like Father Altright. So. Uh, <laughs> Listen, I'm like I, <laughs> I was thinking about that on the way to work today. I was like, I, I, I hate that. It's it's such a it's such a cliche of our politics now that like, oh, we're the we're the minority and like the oppressive other side is gonna tell us that we can't talk, but we're gonna do it and we're gonna talk. And I don't care if nobody likes what I have to say, but then the video gets like a million views with like you know a huge mm-hmm. like ratio, and it's like you know, you're just wagon circling. You both you both believe that you're in the minority, but somehow you're both not. I don't I don't. It's just upsetting to me. Anyway, sorry. I kind of went in on him. That's okay. Yeah. He's, he can handle it. I'm sure he can. 
Sorry, I'm just being so, a cuck, you know? No, it's 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 all right, Patrick. You can breathe, <laughs> breathe in, breathe out, all these things. All right, good, good, good. So is, is her, the, the article's just saying that Joe Biden is going to be an impetus for another swing back from the right to the left if he wins? Is that kind of the argument that she's making? Like he's Joe, he's Kennedy in reverse? Or? So I think she is saying that uh, Biden likes to compare himself to Roosevelt, and she thinks that that means that he's trying to re-rally the Catholic vote, uh-huh. or he just doesn't care about the Catholic vote at all. I think the second one is probably more yeah. likely. I I mean, Can, she yeah. ends it by saying, like, he's just an ordinary Democrat. Yeah. Nothing just, special about him. There's really he's nothing. No, you, could, you could control C, control V, everything he said, and paste it onto Buttigieg or... Uh, Elizabeth Warren or yeah. like any of them and it would be the exact same you know like there's nothing about Joe Biden that makes him Joe Biden I think hey thank you for listening to this episode of the crunch sorry to interrupt what I'm sure is a stimulating intellectual conversation but I wanted to pause the episode real quick to let you hear from some of our sponsors we will be back right after this honestly I don't think her point about Joe is anything is anything like radical. I think honestly her point is more about Catholics in general. I'll just read, this is the last thing I need to say from her article because I don't want to just like plagiarize her article and talk about it. Yes, yes, yes. yes, But her, her, uh, her, the last paragraph is kind of a knockout. She goes, perhaps Catholics have earned the right to no distinction, the privilege of blending seamlessly into the social and political landscape of the United States, the freedom of having no special moral obligations, and what a wide, barren, featureless liberty it is. Mm Mm-hmm. Finn. Finn, Liz, you absolute savage. So, uh, yeah, I, I, this is this is kind of what I wanted to talk about today. Okay, this is good. So, the wide, barren, featureless liberty of we can blend seamlessly into the socio-political landscape. We can do whatever we want. We can be part of whatever political party, and you know, we can put our stake in the ground. What then distinguishes us from Protestants? Or from atheists or whatever. Nothing. I mean, in theory, we we live liturgically and we have the mass and we pray the rosary. But it, the, here's here's the here's the something that I've been thinking about. This is kind of a it's a sidestep, but we're going to merge back onto the main highway in a minute. So the the Catholic principle of solidarity, right? Very good principle. So you have all these Catholics who are poor. All these Catholics who are, um, who have, who recognize the fact, and even just Christians in general, recognize the fact that there are people who we need to stand in solidarity with, whether that be um, Black Americans, whether that be uh, like even if you go back in history, like the Jews and the Irish and all these people that were like oppressed um, people in other countries. But the the further and further we get into modern times the more and more solidarity just means i'm gonna post a hashtag and i'm gonna put a black square on my instagram and that means that i've i've stood in solidarity but there's no actual action yeah there it's just words it's just words and so that i think has bled over into the faith quite a bit actually where people who who are catholic quote-unquote they love the church they love Pope Francis. They love their local pastor, especially when he does a joke at the beginning of the homily. You know, like, they, they're they in. They believe that the church is the one true church. 
but that's just a those are just words there are no actions to back that up yeah. anywhere outside of i go to mass on this sunday and maybe once in a while i make a post every once in a while i go to confession every once in a while i you know consider sending my child to catholic school you know these these kinds of things and there's no real solidarity um there's no real solidarity with people that are outside of the church there's also no real solidarity with people inside the church there's no real coming together and uniting and taking action as a collective group for the better good of society for the better good of culture all of these things and so that's that's one point that i've noticed merging back on to the great politics highway that you've sent us down yeah like that means that for this election and for all subsequent elections like what is the catholic political role even after the election like what is our role in the political discourse it's like i don't think we deserve one right now like the whole church you don't i was reading something I don't know if it was in the Ralph Martin book or somewhere else, but about how the bishops are just so used to being cultural figures. They're so used to having a say in the national, the regional debates. They're used to being honored at banquets and, you know, (laughs) taking the seat at the head of the table. Remind you of anybody? It's okay. It's not important. But being recognized in marketplaces. Anyways, filling up their phylacteries, whatever. I'm not saying. You're good. You're good. Okay, cool, cool, cool. I'm not saying anything else. But. That that's a that's something that they're used to, and now that, frankly, nobody cares at all about the church. It's like it's only considered insofar as it can be used to garner votes from Hispanics, and that's about it. You know, what I'm being honest. No, like, you're that's, so right. That's, yeah. that's all that anybody cares about. You know, um, and so the, if as long as we have an episcopy that believes that they're they actually matter in the culture, we're not going to make any progress. As long as we, believe, if we have priests that believe, oh, we're we're really doing something. People are noticing what our parish is doing. Nobody's noticing what your parish is doing. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Even the people in your church don't care. And so I think we need to take a real honest look at like where the church actually is, because I think there are too many people that are in positions of power uh, within the church hierarchy, and even people like the the Domino's guy and the Home Depot guy, the people at Legatus which is a, a very wealthy organization of Catholics. I think they're based out of Ann Arbor. I don't know if that's entirely true, but like who the, like on the ground, you know, like here when I'm with college students every single day, the people who are getting jobs in engineering, getting jobs in business, who are very talented, very skilled, who are going to be, who are going to do things that matter, you know, in 20, 30 years, wherever they end up, they don't care. They're not going to care because we've given them no reason to care. And so I just like uh, when, when we say, so, okay, that was again, another side step, but back, like, I don't think the church can claim any sort of real political authority or any sort of real political influence until we reclaim the identity of the church, which will only happen over a long period of time with people who are praying, who are fasting who are willing to speak the truth of the gospel and evangelize the people around them by saying, no, not everybody goes to heaven. No, you can't have sex with whoever you want, whenever you want. You actually need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ in order to be saved. Like we need to say these things. And 
I was. It, we, everybody should stop and listen to the uh, Catholic stuff you should know podcast that came out this Thursday. Um, it's it's about kind of these same things. And, and Father Nathan Goble has this really good. Th- he's talking about it more from the priest side of how people go to church and they just want to hear their priests say what they've always wanted them to hear. They want their priests yeah. to come out in favor of Biden. They want their priests to come out in favor of Trump. Um, and you know, like, why can't we have the pro life results that we want right now? You know, and he's like, we can't just expect everything to be fixed, you know, in an instant. We can't expect it to just come out and like a priest, all the, if all the priests came out in favor of Trump or whatever, the next day, nothing would happen the day after that. Nothing would be fixed. Because he's like, how do you move a barge? You don't take a tugboat and ram it into the side as fast as you can. Like you have to slowly apply pressure over a long period of time to get a barge to turn. And like the American culture and the American political system is a giant ass barge that is going towards a waterfall, you know, like, and unless we decide that we're going to be tugboats and we're going to gently move, we're going to apply pressure, but be patient in the way that we apply pressure and not just try to instant fix everything by you have to say this, you have to come out in favor of this. You have to tweet this. You have to make your Instagram thing a black square. You have to make this, the, you know, like you don't have to do any of those things because those don't, those are just the, the one shot things that are not actually going to change the trajectory of where we're going. And so I could say a lot more on that, but I'll, I'll pause and take a breath. And what do you, yes, I just said a lot. I'm so sorry. No, this is good. I mean, this is why I had to stop going to well no. So uh I I was talking to a friend the other day who talked about his priest and his he goes to a, he goes to a TLM parish and he was talking he, he was talking to me about a homily that the priest gave and it was it was NFP week or something. Mm-hmm. And instead mm-hmm. of giving a homily to his largely very Catholic, very orthodox crowd about how important it is to not contracept Mm -hmm. he instead gave a homily on pride and Mm. not being prideful about your catholicism about like about the latin mass yeah and my friend was like that was so great because it's what i it's what i needed to be challenged it's not what i needed to hear in like the sense of i'm just being fed you know Mm -hmm. it's what he needed to be challenged by and often priests that do stupid things like come very strong it was stupid it's a stupid video what james what father james martin does is stupid what father altman did was stupid coming very strongly in favor of a candidate who who did the uh put the aborted fetus on the altar yes very stupid father frank provone yeah isn't he the same guy who was like on trump's like commission for something or other yes like yeah yeah, he was way too involved in all that stuff. Yeah, like you're and, supposed to be a and, priest. Anyway. And that's and that's dumb. And if he want if he wants to be Trump's spiritual advisor, fine. But don't Great. let that be like publicly known and be your identity. This is why yes. this is why my 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 half tongue in cheek, half very real opinion of <laughs> of sending of sending a, a of sending a Can little, anybody parse Patrick's opinions? Nobody can. Nobody can. Nobody knows if they're real. Or nobody not. knows they're real. <laughs> I, my back back when back when Kanye was doing his whole thing, I was like you got to send like an old Franciscan monk who like prays yeah. three rosaries a day. Send him to Kanye's house and just tell him that like I'm open to meet with you once a week, once a month, whatever. Or like talk tell like say to his wife or whatever like off no cameras nothing just like just you and me we can talk about spirituality because i i honestly think one of the few things 
that we have left our mother Teresa you know like the religious orders are still seen in the culture as something that's at least a little spiritual like priests and bishops are no longer seen as spiritual fathers by the culture at large right in what from what I've seen that may be different yes I mean people when people still see a guy in a collar they will approach and they'll talk and often if that person shows themselves to be spiritual then they'll kind of open up more but I feel like more often than not, people just don't care. I mean, I, yeah. I flew with a priest friend across country, and I thought people would come up to us and talk talk to him, but it barely happened. I think it's just because mm-hmm. people just don't care, uh, or, or they just people, don't feel like, you know. Yeah, or they're just not looking for it. They're not looking they for it. They don't need it. it. Yeah. yeah, and so and so my, my other idea about, you know, doing the similar thing with Congress, you know, the congressman's first, congressman's first day in office, send just a religious over there and just be like, hey, I'm the chaplain for this floor of your building. If you ever need to talk to me. Like we can just assign chaplaincies to things that we don't, you know, we have dominion oh, over yeah. the world. We're the Catholic church. I mean, the government has chap or not the government, like the military has chaplains. Yeah. So why wouldn't Congress? Why wouldn't Congress? I think they might, but like you could, you could have fooled me, you know? <laughs> I mean, come on. <laughs> what are those chaplains doing? Are they basking in the glory of the people they're counseling? Cause probably, probably. I don't know. I don't want to judge people. I don't even know if they exist or not. This is, <laughs> I, I hope this isn't just us patting each other on the back and saying how great we are if we if we were running. No, government. I don't think I don't. There's a reason I'm not in politics. Yeah. Because I don't think I do a good job. It's fair. <laughs> you know, it's, I I really believe it's I it's the same thing that you talk about at like a, a student center at a youth group like. You know, good vocations are going to come out of a good youth group. You know, you're not just going to have a terrible parish and then magically a great seminary and it's going to pop up, you know, out of out of the fray. Yeah. Um, and like we because we understand that in those terms. But then we think about the culture. and We think about America. Like, why aren't there more good Catholic politicians? It's like maybe because all of our families and all of our societies and communities suck. <laughs> maybe there's a problem at your level like yeah. you who are listening to this maybe there's something that you are doing or not doing that is wrong that is leading to the people that are under your care under your charge your children your family your neighbors like something is has broken down to the point where we're not getting any more good catholic politicians because there's we don't have any more good catholics yeah we're so we're so like as americans we're so hard on like kings like, oh, yeah. having a king is the worst thing ever. But, you know, uh, there are kings that are in heaven right now. And That's true. Saint kings. No, no United States presidents or founding fathers have been canonized, and there were Catholic founding fathers. Who? Uh, Charles Carroll was a Catholic founding. The Carroll family was founding family. One of them was a cardinal. He I, Actually, I think John oh, yeah. Cardinal Carroll is, is, uh, is beatified or venerable. I don't know, but... Anyway, we can't even get we can't cool. even get Fulton Sheen through, and I think it's because we don't deserve an American saint. Anyway, we really don't. Well, we don't. We have some, but we don't deserve the ones we have. I. So what do we do now? <laughs> I yeah. What do we do? I mean, there's there's lots of problems. Here's let's let's be let's be honest. Let's be real about the thing, right? Everybody's everybody's talking about how there's going to be a civil war in America. You know? No, I don't think so. I think we're too much of. I think we're just a bunch of wimps. Yeah, people are scared. Only one side has guns anyway, so like I know, be much so it'd be a pretty, pretty quick war. Um, th- at the very least, so there's oh man, there's so much stuff. So I listened to Douglas Murray on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast. 
Douglas Murray wrote a book called The Madness of Crowds. Now, obviously, he's kind of, he's being a bit accelerationist and thinks that everything's going to happen, because that's what people buy his book for, you know, is to hear about how crazy things are and how much crazier they're going to get, you know, like... People want to so be in the action. It's kind of like, you know... They do, but, they, but that's the thing about all of this stuff. It's like, that's why you had people going and burning down Seattle is because they felt like they were a part of something. And for so long, because we've, like, as we've talked about in other shows, people have lost the sense of history. They've lost a sense of culture. They don't believe that they're a part of anything. And so they have to go and do something to feel like they're a part of something. I have to go burn down this building. I have to go punch this cop in the face. I have to go shoot these people who are protesting against me, like in Kenosha, because I want to feel like I'm a part of something. Now, if you look at that trajectory, you can say like, wow, I could see how this could really spill over and be something bigger in the future. Maybe, maybe not. Hard to say. But something that's almost universal is there was this guy, I don't know who, I'd have to look up the the research, but he studied like over the last millennia, all of the great civilizations that have fallen. And he one, one thing that was uniting in all of these civilizations that were falling was that as soon as they abandoned sexual morality, within three generations, it usually collapsed. Um, so, gotta say, we're in generation two right now. You know, yeah. like we're... We're not that uh, not that far away from the, what's projected. Obviously, things are different. You can't discount the difference that a globalized, highly communicated, highly technically involved world like that's so different than other cultures. You know, so it's not a one to one. But I do think that we're going to see some kind of breakdown. Like I do, I do think that if things keep going the way that they're going, and there's less like if. I, I don't know who I'm afraid of, but like if, if Black Lives Matter keeps getting more and more popular, right, and they do what they set out to do, which is destroy the nuclear family, um, which is, it just seems insanity to me because the reason that black communities are so disproportionately affected by all these things is because there's a lack of black fathers. And that's just, that's, that's just statistics. Like that's not even like a – so they want to destroy the nuclear family, which seems to be self-defeating. And if that idea, if the, the communist ideas – start taking over all these things of we don't need families. We just need the, the, the community. We just need the nation. We just need the state. Yeah, which if sucks have because that, the nuclear you know, family is a destruction of the intergenerational family, which is much right. more traditional. So exactly. if conservatives yeah. really wanted to protect something, Timothy, we, we would, you would go back to intergenerational families instead of just, you know. Yeah. So th- there's a lot there that I, I mean, there's no I did I did learn that is on their website by the way. That is not something that's just uh that's not something that's just Sean Hannity propaganda. That's like No, that's I've literally been on the Black Lives Matter yeah. website and I've read their mission statement and it includes we want to destroy the nuclear family, we want to advance LGBTQ uh, agenda without without question. So if if it's not all just a ruse to get Joe Biden in office, right? If if things keep going, if George Soros keeps pumping money into Black Lives Matter, um over the next four years, eight years, 10 years, and those ideas get more and more popular, you're going to have all the people who are our age who might decide to start a family might decide not to start a family. All the people who are in their families might decide to leave their families. Mm-hmm. You know, like the kids who are going to college will feel no connection whatsoever to anything because of they're getting things pumped into their brains straight from their Steve Jobs device. And I don't want Steve Jobs I, didn't problem, want this. The problem is I sound like a conspiracy theorist when I say all these things, but if you just like look with Christian eyes around at everything, I I pray in front of the Blessed Sacrament every day, 
you know, so I have reason to believe that I'm not deluding myself, yeah. you know, I don't know. Does I, that make sense? Or do you think I'm going too far? It's hard. It's hard to say because once you start, that's the thing is once you start, like, I mean, I feel like since we dunked on Black Lives Matter and Sean Hannity were in the clear, you always have yes. to balance it out with another I, thing. And if people want to cancel us, they can cancel us. I don't care. I just, this is what I said. This is what I've been saying for the past couple of weeks. It's like, it's not a conspiracy theory. Division is a part of liberalism. It's, yes. it's a, it's, it's the next, because the very, the very reality of liberalism was a division, right? Like the very start of it was a division and the division it's against is literally Catholicism. It's not even, yeah. it's not even a question. Yes. The lib, the liber, the freedom in liberalism mm-hmm. is freedom from the church. Yes. So you cannot be a Catholic and be liberal in the classical sense. In the classical sense, in the in the in the the Father Altman, in the Father James Martin, in the Father Frank Pavone sense, in the you know in the Jeffersonian, Hamiltonian, Madisonian sense, you cannot be a Catholic and a liberal because it relegates public life and private morality. That's what it. That's what it demands, and we cannot live that way anymore. I, we we did a we did a rosary walk. We did a, a Eucharistic procession. We had to call it a rosary oh. walk because no one knows what a Eucharistic procession is. <laughs> so it was a we walked and we prayed the rosary. And we had a, a procession and it was great. The first of all, the police wouldn't in a very Catholic town like Newcastle. The police wouldn't escort us at first, but then when they saw how many people were there, they had to. Yes, I love that. And so we were on the street. So we weren't on the sidewalk like they told us to be. We were on the street. There was like 200, 300 people, and the cars wow. passing by were all like take stopping and taking pictures. It was so funny because it's like. It, it was like we were like a spectacle, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's and and this is why people were uncomfortable with Catholics before. It's because we were kind of a spectacle. The cathedrals are big, looks weird, right? Like it's not normal. Why mm-hmm. is that dude dressed up in a white robe? Why is you everybody just, calling him father? You know, can't just miss church for the football game. Yeah, it's like that's kind of strange. Like you have to go to class on Sundays. Like that's weird, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And and this is something I try to impress on my middle school kids. I'm like, what you're doing is something that not everybody does, and it's going to make you better off in the end because you're going to figure out things that are right and good for you way mm-hmm. way f- quicker than they will. So we have to do things that are specifically Catholic. And like this is not this is not the if priests wore cassocks, everything would be fixed. Again, it's not just one thing. Which is yes. not even that's not even a straw man. That's an actual opinion some people hold. Yes. It's not a one thing, everything will be fixed. It's it has to be a lifestyle. And this is like this is something I've been thinking about is the I feel like one of the only ways that we can get people to be Catholic again is make it like a lifestyle brand. Because <laughs> that's the only I, way people talk now. <laughs> I hate that you just said that. It's that like that just ruined me. I know. It's just like like the only way people the only way people will 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 like will do prayer is if we call it. Oh, we have this really cool morning routine that you can do. Uh, you know, or like or like we. <laughs> uh, like the best Catholic, the best Catholic prayer app is super successful because it's like branded as a Catholic version of a meditation app, right? These things that are super trendy that people are trying to, they're trying to live. But how, how long are those things going to last, Patrick? Oh, I think they're going to last a while. Lifestyle brands. Oh, lifestyle you, brands. No, sorry. I was talking about Hallow. Hallow.com slash the crunch. I think Hallow is going to yes. last a while. And here's why. Sure. Here's okay, why. It's because it's not kitschy. I think this is the distinction. This is why I like Halo. I don't think it's kitschy. Mm-hmm. I think it, it it's legitimate use of Catholic tradition 
they're not trying to do they're not trying to make little precious moments figurines of Jesus playing soccer with kids. You know what sure. I'm saying? They're not trying to spread the faith and make it quote unquote accessible. They I think I think Hallow does a really great job of quote unquote meeting people where they're at because it's not meeting people where they were at thirty years ago. And I, I think if there are more if there were more things like Hallow where yes. it ingratiated Catholic life and Catholic identity into systems and routines that culturally are already acceptable. Mm-hmm. Like morning routines. Yeah. But like legitimately, it can't just be like, oh, you're doing like the Catholic version of meditation. It's like, no, you're doing Catholic meditation. It's something completely different. It needs to be scripturally based. It needs to be fed by the word. It needs to be, it needs to do this, this, and this, and it needs to be like Eucharistic or whatever. I think, I think that's, I think that's one way that we can, in we can, ingratiate catholic culture in on a wider scale but then i mean if if you are catholic it it needs to go further than that right i think i think hallow yeah. is like a gateway mm-hmm. because it, it 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 does something for you that you should eventually be able to do yourself yes and that's that's why i say that i don't think it'll last forever right because like i see at least in the church there's it's it's gonna split and there's gonna go two ways there's people who are really gonna commit to a personal relationship with Jesus Christ in the church that he founded. And there's going to be people who are going to be swayed by the culture and they're going to leave and they're, and they're not going to come back. And so Hallow is great. This is just an example. We love the people at Hallow. It's just, you make a very popular app. And so it's easy to talk about it as an example of a greater phenomenon. So Hallow is great, but it's not sacred in the same way that my bravery is sacred, sacred, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not an app on my phone is in no way making my Catholicism set apart from anything else in my life. And that's, I see where you're saying is like, we need to integrate the faith into these things. Yeah. I think, I, I think it will last forever. And there's all, there's always in the sense that there's always going to be someone who needs it. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I think, but I think remembering that like our faith the pathway forward culturally, politically, socially, all these things is not lifestyle brand. It's not integrate. And I know you're not saying this, but, and it's not integrating. I talked about this with some guys the other day because they were, they were struggling and they were like, you know, I know, I know what I need to do and I have the time set aside to do it. Right. Like I know that I need to pray and all these things, but I just, I just don't, you know? And I'm like, okay, let's, let's think about it in this way. Like in order to have a good, healthy relationship with my girlfriend, right? Um, I have to make sure that I, my first priority is my prayer with Jesus every single day. My second priority needs to be discerning my vocation. And then my third priority is my job. Even though my job is mission work, right? It's still a lower priority than vocation. That's something that's really difficult for me to like navigate and manage. And that takes a lot of time and transition. But when everything is in order, no longer is it like if you look at your schedule and you're like, ah, where can I fit in talking to Emma? You know, like yeah. that's, that is a, that is a, a way to think. I don't think it's the best way to think by any means. And not like I was doing that every single day or anything like that, but this is just easier because it helps relationships, help people talk, think about God. So if I'm just looking at my schedule and I'm saying, where am I going to ram in an hour of time to talk to my girlfriend? Where am I going to ram in two yeah. hours of time to be with my girlfriend? That it's not actually like my girlfriend is not then a part of my life. Right. Okay. So 
take that idea, apply it to the Lord, right? If I'm just living my schedule and I'm just looking where, where in my schedule do I have time to ram my prayer in? Like, I'm not going to think about when I'm the most alert. I'm not going to think about the things that I have to do that day. I'm not going to think about my, the duties and tasks that I am obligated to do by my state in life. I'm not going to think about my bedtime. I'm not going to think about what food I need. I'm not going to think about any of these things. I'm just going to look at it and say, oh, I could probably fit it in there. That is disintegration. That's not good. And so I'm thinking the same thing with these, this idea of the faith is like, oh, I'm just, I'm looking for a lifestyle brand. I'm looking for a, a way to like change my aesthetic because I want to be Catholic, you know, so like I'm going to, I'm going to buy the clothing from this company. I'm going to buy these things from this thing. I'm going to subscribe to these people on Instagram. I'm going to subscribe to these people on YouTube. And I'm just going to like fill up my life. But there's no transformation. It's inspiration without transformation. And I think that is like what we're really struggling with is people are inspired by the faith. They like it. This is really good for me to reflect on this week, you know, but there's no there's no actual turning away from sin and turning towards God. Yeah. And like, unless we're telling people that, then nothing is going to change. Does that make sense? Like how the the difference between the integration and the disintegration? Yes, that makes sense. I think, I think there's, there's like, we like the human element of it where it's, it's, you know, the things that, I mean, okay, so you, you will listen to different music if you are actually trying to change your life. You'll listen to different music. You're not going to listen to WAP. I don't know what that is. But it's not. It's okay. You don't need to. Yeah. Know. Okay. <laughs> I had to learn what it was, and it was awful. I, I I know of it. I will not look it up. And <laughs> so we uh we uh we we will stop listening to certain musics, and we will start listening to other musics. But some people, when they come to the faith, they go, "Oh, cool. Well, I have to start listening to that music, and I have to start yes. subscribing to these people, and doing this, and having this kind of lifestyle." And it is, it's a real thing. Like the, the life teen brand is a real thing and it's not, they didn't do it on purpose, but it's there, but it's there. And it's because focus, focus brand is there. It's there. And I would like, I would like to say I, that those are not necessarily bad things. Correct. I agree. Because focus and life teen understands the reality of grace Mm -hmm. and puts people, especially people that are, that might just be there for the brand puts people in their way so that eventually they will come face to face with the reality that they're not taking it seriously and they need to be transformed and they need to change. And so hopefully that's the the ideal. That's Uh, the, whether or not that actually happens all the time is another conversation. I mean, it's why it's why life team focuses on training youth ministers to do that, right? They don't focus, Mm -hmm. they don't Mm -hmm. do many things that are direct to the teens. They do mostly, you know, like yeah. there are the super, there are the super teens who are like super into life teen, but that's a small fraction of all the kids that go to a life teen parish over the course of their life. And, and obviously life teen works because the vocations are just insane out of life teen parishes. It's like 60% of seminarians. I remember the stat 16% of seminarians have gone to a life teen parish, but life teen is only in 20% of parishes. That's crazy. And it's not because life teen's a magic bullet, a silver bullet. No, it's not, it's no. not a neutral bullet either. It's a, uh, it's a, <laughs> It's because it's because they understand how to create an authentic, authentic. They know how to create a real Catholic culture, and so I think that that's the human element, and then the obviously the divine element is grace. And I don't say that yeah. as like a one-off. I don't say that as a, all you need. All all we just need. The answer is Jesus, right? Because that's like saying if you like Solar look at a math problem yeah. and go, you know, you know, people like to say, well, the answer is Jesus, but like it's not. It's never that simple because that's like looking at a math problem and going, well, the answer is math. You just got to do math. <laughs> And you'll get the answer. And it's like, well, you're not wrong, right. but you're also very wrong. And so, Can yes. You imagine the, 
imagine instead of the incarnation and Jesus living 33 years on earth and then dying on a cross and resurrecting and ascending into heaven, he just appeared and said, Jesus. <laughs> and then we were all saved. Right. It'd be crazy. I mean, that'd be great, but that's like not what he did. Yeah, so exactly. The whole Jesus thing takes yeah. like about 33 years to do totally. Yeah. And so, so yes, I think, I think that tongue in cheek lifestyle brand, right? There, there will be an, there will, I think there will always be an element of lifestyle brand, but the, the main, the main problem is that it needs to be integrated with actual traditional Catholicism. There needs to be actual Catholicism in there. It can't just be yeah non-denominational Protestantism that has yes. the Eucharist in it, you know? Yes. Which means that people need to look at their lives. Everybody listening to this, I, I do not believe that everybody listening to this podcast is completely bought out for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I just don't believe it. I would hope that that's the case for all of you because you have great taste in podcasts. Hopefully you've got great yeah. taste in gospels, yeah. you know? Um, Hopefully you're not picking up the Gnostic gospels, the Jefferson right. gospels, you know? But I would say just take take this moment and reflect on your life and say, am I a branch that's grafted on to the vine of Christ or am I taking Jesus and grafting him on to the branch of me? You yeah. know, like am, am I trying to incorporate Jesus into my body, into my life? Because I think this, this is the root problem. It's always been the root problem is, 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 is an idolatry. It's always been idolatry, right? From Genesis all the way through now is we create these other gods and we say, I'm going to worship politics. I'm going to worship works. I'm going to worship the environment. I'm going to worship philosophy. I'm going to worship my job, my girlfriend, whatever. And people don't do this intentionally. They don't set up a shrine usually. And, and they like, switch. But, they switch often between politics and money and sex, whichever one's most convenient. Exactly. But the whole time that we're doing this, we can feel better about it by grafting Jesus onto it and saying, well, I'm really just doing this, you know, for God, you know, and like you get to be holy and also pursue your idol at the same time. And so take stock of your life because this if we want to change like if you're really fired up about this election season and you're really frustrated about the way the culture is going and you're really scared and worried about what will happen if Kamala Harris becomes the president one day like <laughs> i mean you should be kind of worried but anyway um the the solution is not somebody at the top should fix this the solution is not if only Joe Biden were more catholic the solution is not if only the bishop said more stuff the solution is not if only my pastor said more stuff the solution is is Jesus Christ the center of my life and the reason that I do everything? Or is he just someone that I try to ram into my schedule that I've already set on my own? Is he someone that I'm just trying to staple on to my life that I've already decided? Because if you're living that way, nothing is going to change and America is going to keep declining and your children and their friends and then their children could go to hell. You could go to hell. I could go to hell. Patrick could go to hell. Like these are these whoa, are real whoa, things. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm just kidding. Right, That's right, right. where I draw the line. So I yeah. yeah. Anyway, missionary moment over. You ready for some Dr. Ethan Sating Corner? I got ten minutes. So 10 we minutes. got it we can gotta do one. Oh, by the way, Professor Patrick came to life uh last night. I uh I was I was my night class, my professor wasn't there and he asked me to lead the discussion. 
And oh. so, yeah, people people were like, uh, we didn't do the reading. Can you explain it? And so I lectured for like 10 minutes on the reading. Chalk and everything. Someone oh, wrote boy. Dr. Professor Patrick on the board. It was great. All right. So. That's really good. All right. You came to the right place, you ding dong. It's called communication, baby. <laughs> Should I pursue a boy? Not me, the other person. Should I pursue a boy? Long but important. Hey, it's me, 16 female. If any of you can wow. recall, I'm the girl who lost her dad a few months ago. So this is a girl oh, lost her dad a few months ago. Yeah. I'm sorry. We are doing okay. We're doing as okay as possible, which isn't great, but it's not horrible. This is actually why I'm here. Before his death, my dad was incredibly sappy about his 20th anniversary and said that one day, if I found someone as great as my mom, to tell him about it and he'd allow me to date them. <laughs> I'm from a conservative Vietnamese background, so this is kind of a big deal. I shrugged it off because I wasn't exactly smitten by any of the freshman boys who didn't shower. (laughs) In the last few months, I've found someone. Well, not exactly found. I've known Tom since we were eight years old, and we're on the same running team. It's funny because when we were younger, we were absolute nemesises. Legitimately, I always told my dad how much I wanted to grow into a giant so I I could smash Tom under my feet. (laughs) Yeah, it sounds like you guys liked each other back then, too. Over time, we really grew to be somewhat friends, and then I don't know what happened, but we became super close, and then my dad passed away. Tom has been with me every day. He's Catholic. He's helped me with my younger brothers and my mom. We're learning how to cook together, and he's almost part of the family. We have joked about how everyone thinks we're married, and we accidentally dissolve into conversations about obscure things like how many kids we want. Five, by the way. And how I want an engagement dagger, not a ring. It's acknowledged by everyone that we have feelings for one another, but it hasn't been addressed by us. We are both 16, and although there's a long way to go, I think eventually he's the person I would love to spend the rest of my life with. I'm not trying to be dramatic. I don't know if I'm old enough or if now is the best time. It's very soon after my dad died, and I don't even have my license yet, but I don't want him to slip away. I've been researching Catholic doctrine, and it says... Yeah, it's always great when you do independent research at 16. Uh, Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure you stumbled upon a very great looking blog uh anyway so i've been researching catholic doctrine and it says that dating should be reserved for the pursuit of marriage though neither of us are exactly on our knees with a ring or dagger right now i do i do think a continued relationship has a chance of marriage the only drawback is this really impossible polish last name not that my vietnamese one is any better i really wish i could ask my dad but guys what do you think well we're not your dad it's true we're not so sorry uh gosh we should put a, an age limit on these like if you're younger than 18 please don't submit because i don't i don't know <laughs> high school stuff is so out of my ballpark these days true, let me tell you yeah. this you're in the same running club okay go on a run you know how far tom can run you know how far you can run I need you to train up so that you can run about like a mile or two miles more than tom at one time <laughs> So you're going to be more in shape. You're going to be able to breathe a bit better. So get him to the point where he's keeping up with you because you guys are basically dating already. And I don't know why you're asking this question, but get to the point where, you know, he's, he's keeping up with you and, and you've got a bit, a lot left in the tank. You can just start talking and he can't respond because he's panting so much and he's so out of breath. <laughs> and so you just say, so I was really thinking that we really like each other and that you should totally ask me out and then just <laughs> off, you're gone. And then he's got to 
he's got to take time. Like he can't respond right away because he's he's, no, out he's of huffing and puffing. So you've you've left him huffing and puffing. You're just the gingerbread and, man. You're going. And you're you're gone, and you're already dating. So this really isn't that much of a problem. But you know, it'll be good. You're learning how to cook together, and he's helping you take care of your siblings. And he comes over and hangs out with your family. That's what this is. What dating That's what in high dating school in high school is. is. Yeah. Yes, also, you're are you guys learning? It. First of all, you guys are both learning to cook. Are you learning? Are you and him both learning how to cook Polish and Vietnamese food? Because those are some sick. That's dishes, quite the combo. Man. Like you got some, you got some pho and pierog. Put them together, man. Yeah, pierog. Get some. I don't know what <laughs> other Vietnamese dishes there are besides pho. So you took my only reference. So thanks. Is, is pad thai Vietnamese or is it Thai? No, it's a. I, I think <laughs> banh mi is uh, is Vietnamese. Excuse me, I'm married. I'm sorry. <laughs> so anyway, oh, I'm Patrick. sorry. That's. <laughs> um. Yeah. I, I. So this is the thing. I'm a youth minister, so legally, I'm not allowed to tell a high schooler to date ever. Um, yeah. It sounds like you're already dating, and and you you like you guys just haven't acknowledged it. You definitely liked each other when you were eight years old. You guys have known each other forever. Uh, you guys can date, and you'll be fine. Like that's the thing is, you're you probably might not marry him. Yeah. You also might marry him. Either way, it unless you guys are like doing things that are immoral together, which it doesn't sound like you are. It doesn't really hurt you to quote unquote date. All it means is that you can hold hands and kiss now. Um, yeah. Which does pose date. Don't get me wrong. That's a dangerous place to be in if you don't have any self control or temperance or haven't practiced the virtue of chastity at all. Yeah. So really, that's why that's mo- if everybody thinks that the youth ministers say don't date just because it causes problems on trips. No, it's really just because y'all don't have enough virtue to actually date because yeah. your brains aren't developed enough. <laughs> so. I mean, you can, but think about the consequences and think about like, and be be willing to say, Hey, we're not mature enough for this. Yeah. Get, get real, get real chased. Get like super chased. Just like read a bunch of Elizabeth Anscombe. And every time he tries to hold your hand, be like, Oh, got to go make some bond me. Yeah, there you go. And then, and he'll be like, what? And he'll say, see ya, 10 mile run. And then Come just on. like have, no, you have no chance. He has no chance. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's honestly like that's super that's super good advice. It's just you gotta be you gotta be chased before you can date in high school. That's the, that's the thing is like everybody felt so much older in high school, and now I like look back at like now I like yeah, know sixteen year olds, and I'm like, oh, we were we were so stupid and young. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. Yep. So you so, just gotta be humble, gotta be honest, and commu- it's all about communication, baby. Like, oh, you gotta- and and actually, I will say one thing: you are very mature in recognizing that now, in the the wake of your dad's passing, uh, it's not the best idea to invest in a serious emotional relationship, like romantic relationship. But that doesn't mean that you and this guy you like can't acknowledge that you like each other and start going on dates. Like, don't just don't be like, okay, now we are dating and we're gonna have serious. Like, I mean, it sounds honestly, you guys, you guys are go, already friends, so like, go to the movies together. Yeah. Go, I mean, if the movies are open, go <laughs> yeah, to the mall, true. go to the, you None know. None of these things go, are open. Hang out at each other's houses and cook. Yes, with parents around. You guys have such a great hobby. I know, it's great. Okay, Patrick, I got to be on another call in two minutes. Okay. Oh, okay, I that's thought you were going to respond. That's not my problem. I'm, all right, you're very helpful. That's NazariteChallenge.com, <laughs> uh, N-A-Z-A-R-I-T-E, challenge.com. That's eliezerchallenge.com. That's Ethan at thecrunchcast.com. If you send it my way. If you want to be a patron, which you totally should be, it'd be dope. We're going to do something special for our patrons this Christmas. We're going to send them a little Christmas present. 
Ooh. Yeah, it's gonna the, be it's gonna the be a, royal we. Yeah, we are. It's gonna be great. We're gonna we're gonna drop some. My my dad has been working on a. So my dad used to be a professional sign painter, and he's he's making a really nice hand lettered t shirt or a hoodie. Not hoodie. Click click subscribe if you would wear a, a if you would buy one of two sweatshirts. One that said one that was black that said in white letters the freaking pod, and one that was white with black letters said the freaking cast. <laughs> if you would buy one of those two. And then maybe a third one that's like blue with white letters, and that says it's all about communication, baby. It's commu- <laughs> I, think, I think those would be great. Honestly, great those would be great. Lineup. So we'll we'll drop. We're gonna drop the the crunch podcast and like some sick hand lettering first, and then later down the line we'll do the freaking cast T shirt and the freaking oh, those pod T shirt. Those, those so are more T shirt ideas, I think, than hoodie yes. ideas. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. crew neck sweatshirts are a little expensive, but they're gonna be dope. They're a great material. We have we have this awesome print shop down the street from me that's like mom and pop run. It's all. It's all locally sourced, so all of our I have all of one our one minute until I have to be on my other call. Though. Okay, fine. I'll, I'm done plugging. All right, no more plugs. Do you have anything else for the people? Bond me, baby. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. Please pray for us. We'll be praying for you. We'll see you all next week. That's so annoying. <laughs>